0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew from Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and in sh- the shadow of death on them a light has dawned from that time jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand while walking by the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon who is called peter and andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Praise the one who breaks the darkness with his liberating Light, A good thing for us to be reminded of and have opportunity this day. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a close friend from college who had a year internship in Alaska, which was really great, obviously the the wonderful wilderness and all those wonderful opportunities. And a few months in, though, he got to this experience where winter was setting in. But but it wasn't the uh, cold for the Southern California boy, or even the, the small uh, town and, and some of the, the limited experiences and some of that from someone who had come from a big city. The challenge for him in those winter months was for, because of how far north he was in our hemisphere, the darkness sets in. And he would talk about how in the midst of, of his day, in, in many of those months, that you would get a portion of the day where just barely... The, the the dawn would start to come just for a few moments before the sun started to settle back down and again a small glimpse of light but the darkness set back in and he talked about how in, in, in day after day of living and now there's a bit of a of this feeling of this oppressiveness this persistence and because of that even a depressiveness as he continued in his daily life. Maybe that's a picture and an image, when in Scripture it talks about the fact that there are those who live in deep darkness. The kind of, of darkness that seems to press in on all sides, that seems to have a persistence that's not going to let up, and that can be nearly crushing and depressive in all of these pieces. That's what was talked about uh, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, in chapter 9, that talks about Zebulun and Nephtali and, and the fact that here was their circumstances and situation. Isaiah was proclaiming that they were going to come under a dark, Assyrian a occupation and captivity, that there would be attack and plunder and decimation and an oppression with, with a brutal captivity. And maybe in some ways to deepen that darkness, Isaiah's proclamation was to say in some ways this is just a living out of the reality of a deeper darkness, a darkness that sits within. Right? It is reflective of this darkness that sits in the hearts and the lives of God's people who, who despite having their history with God, where He had repeatedly shown His graciousness and His steadfast love were a people who lived then in rebellion and idolatry and disobedience going their own way rather than walking in the way of light. And yet, even in the midst of that deep darkness, there was this promise that God will shatter the darkness with His promised light. And in many ways, that's what we come to when we come into our text here in Matthew. In some ways, it's so much the same, right? You still have a people who are under an occupation of Roman government. You still have a sin-filled people who are finding all sorts of way in the darkness of their hearts, although they know God's faithfulness, to walk in their own ways and their own situations. And even in the small line that we got in the introduction to our section, you see that John the Baptist, right? God's prophet is rejected and imprisoned, and it's in the midst of this history, as history seems to be repeating itself, that Jesus initiates His ministry. And He does it by walking in the very same lands spoken about in Isaiah chapter 9, amongst the same people, the same part of the world, And I think as Jesus talks about how, how this is a picture of, hey, he is initiating God's promised light into the midst of these things, he has a word for each and every one of us today. Because the history continues to repeat itself. We too are people who walk in darkness, who are in need of light. You see, we can, we can look at the world around us. And what we see is we can see a, a culture that that seems to have abandoned all sense of of logic, where goodness seems to be turned completely on its head, where we see evil in human hearts seeming to be shown on display with every new story that we hear, with every new day, another story, another occurrence, in every place all around the world, a deep darkness. And we desire things like peace and order and justice and healing. And what we see is violence and chaos and brokenness. And so we ask ourselves the question, when will light dawn? A question that's been asked throughout all of history. God's people in the Psalms and other parts. Why, Lord? Why, Lord? How how can this be? Or maybe instead we look at our own circumstances. And we, seem, we see finances that seem beyond strained and stressed, a little hopeless in times. Or maybe we receive difficult diagnosis, health issues and concerns. We continue to walk in a situation where we are realizing more and more every day the, the brokenness of our bodies and having the brokenness of our minds and because of that, having a brokenness in our spirit, and we think, I could really use a little light right about now. And again, those psalms that we may have heard so often. How long, O Lord? How long? Scripture talks about, again, that greatest darkness. The darkness that lies within. It lies within all of our doubts. It lies within histories or pasts that seem to just cling on and hold on, and they weigh down and they burden like a, a cloud of darkness that never wants to kind of go away in our present sin, with wickedness and ignorance and unbelief, that even knowing what we know rebels against God and His good ways, in order that we can follow our own will and go our own ways time and time again. And that's why we confess it all the time, right, in in all of these thoughts and words and deeds, those that we commit against others and those that we commit against God. And it's the, it's the same issue that Paul talked about, right? In Romans chapter 7, where he says, man, the, the good that I want to do, I do not do, and the evil I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. So maybe we join in with Isaiah, who when in, in interaction with God had nothing else to say but woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean You see, we find ourselves to be people who often are in a a deep darkness, right? An oppression of darkness that presses in from the world all around us, but also a darkness that is within that seems to choke out the light of life, even in our own circumstances and life. This is the common human experience. The struggle of dark and light. That's why you can find it in all sorts of, of stories and movies and shows, right? This common piece. Maybe a, a person who, who captivated it powerfully is, is J.R.R. Tolkien, right? In The Lord of the Rings, this is a, a strong imagery that happens over the course of the entire series of the books. Or if you've watched the movies, in that as well. And, and in thinking about the movie in particular, there's this one scene at the Battle of Helm's Deep, right, where the oppressive army of evil orcs is all around them, taunting them with their evil chance and everything else. And the wizard Gandalf has left the gathered crew. And he says, look to the east on the dawn of the fifth day. And as the battle ensues, they are trying to hold off the darkness, the evil it is advancing, their bodies feel broken, their wills are failing, their spirits feel diminished, and then the sun breaks on that fifth day. And with that new dawn, they look out onto the ridge and they see a new hope. For there is Gandalf who has returned with an elven army to bring salvation to the people gathered in that place. So this is a picture, I think, that where we can start to understand the gift that God has for each of us. That God has promised light that shines in the midst of darkness. Because this is what our Lord does. It all began at the start of creation, right? When there was nothing in the beginning. There was nothing but darkness and void, no form. God broke the darkness by speaking light into existence. And that's the same God who entered into our darkness with His incarnation as a child born in Bethlehem to demonstrate His literal presence with His people. And to initiate a ministry in that same area, in that same region, because God is one who wants to bring light in the midst of our darkness. And to do so, He didn't just enter into our darkness, but He experienced that darkness. Jesus knew what it was to be rejected. He was plotted against. He was arrested. He was brutalized. He was crucified. And in that activity and action, God took on all of our darkness the fullness of the punishment of our sin, even going further in experiencing the rejection of the Father. A darkness illustrated so much that at his crucifixion, even though it was only afternoon, an entire darkness settled in over all the land at that time. And at his death, the same God who spoke the words, let there be light, said it is finished and brought to culmination the fullness of death and darkness no longer having a hold. And the demonstration of that came on Easter morning just a few days later, at the dawn of a new day when Christ ushered in a new creation, where darkness has no power over the world and over His people. For He has defeated death and the grave for you and for me. So despite this world, and despite our circumstances, and despite our sin, our Lord would invite us, behold the light of the world, the Lord of life. So brothers and sisters, in some ways as we look at this, we see that this is is a a, a promised light. But it is not only a promised light of that which is to come, but it is a present light light in a God who is with us in the here and now. And so when we think about the darkness of this world that presses in on us, it is promised that yes, on the last day He will fully deliver us and once again come a new creation where all things are made right perfectly according to His will. But in the now, He is present with us, bringing His light into a world that is in desperate need of it through His church in which He is present and at work, to be light in the midst of the world. In the midst of all of the the darkness of our circumstances, where there seems to be a a hopelessness that we would experience, He shines His light in, in, in the promise hope, yes, that on the last day, all the brokenness we experience in this world will be made right. Bodies healed, everything made the way it's to be. But He also promises that He is the light that will shine in the midst of that that we are not the sum of our circumstances, but we are ones who already now fully have the hope and the light of Christ in the midst of all these things, and a God who will never leave us or abandon us in the midst of it. And when it comes to our own sin, that darkness that comes from within to strangle out the light of life, we have the promise that on the last day we will be who God desires and intends us to be. Perfect and holy in all ways, able to stand before the very throne of God. And yet he also promises that it is for a here and now. That in the midst of our struggle against our own sin, we do not struggle against that alone, but he gives us a way in the midst of his light, shine in the mist that says, that's not who you are. This is who I've made you to be. Let me shine my light and lead you into a different way. And so in some ways it can be a a weird thing that as we take a look at this text that talks about light and dark and all these ways, that this is what leads into Jesus speaking a couple of things. One, repent for the kingdom is, is here. You see, this is His invitation. His invitation to say, hey, turn away from the darkness and walk in the light that I have for you. Not repent in order that light might come to you, but repent because light has already come to you. His name is Jesus. And he's accomplished all these things for us in our stead and for our sake. But also in the midst of all of these things that he has spoken these words where then he calls the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he gives the same invitation to us, follow me, walk with me, walk with the light of the world that my light would shine in the midst of your light. That my light would lead you in the midst of all paths of where this journey may take us. And I promise I'll be with you in all these things. As we reflect upon this, this invitation and this calling that is anchored in the promises of what God has already accomplished, it's why the church has this, uh, this kind of historic prayer. It's a bit, a part of a service called Evening Prayer. And these are the phrases uh, strewn from Scripture that are, are tailored together to give us reminder. These are the prayers Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening, and the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness and illumine your church. That's a great invitation and calling that he gives to us as his people. And so it's all the more true what we sang earlier. Praise the one who breaks the darkness with a liberating light. Let us praise the Word incarnate, Christ, who suffered in our place. Jesus died and rose victorious, that we may know God by grace. Let us sing for joy and gladness, seeing what our Lord has done. Let us praise the true Redeemer. Praise the One who makes us one. In His name. Amen. And may the peace of God, who surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.